the nervous system is the master system. I mean, it's classified as that for a reason. So if you can check in with yourself and go, hang on, when I'm starting to feel wound up in that fight, freeze, things are becoming too much, then you can check in with how you react, how your nervous system is communicating with you personally. What can you do to change it? What gets to be restructured or looked at? or assessed that can maybe change how you're feeling because I think that trigger happens in our body for a reason. Welcome to The Happy Nurse, the podcast that encourages nurses to offer themselves the same compassion that they so freely give to others. I am Elena, a registered nurse on a mission to reduce burnout in nursing. Let's jump in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Happy Nurse podcast. Today, I am really happy to share with you that I have the beautiful Michelle back on the show. Welcome back, Michelle. Hi, everyone. (laughs) For those of you who've not heard Michelle and I chat on the podcast before, Michelle Powell is an internationally recognized trauma and wellness coach. She's been a healthcare professional since 2003 and is the author of the three times Amazon bestseller, The Mastery of Wellness. Michelle is a firm believer that there's no such thing as a cookie cutter approach to supporting people and has a strong focus on the totality of wellness care, physically, mentally, emotionally, nutritionally and spiritually. Welcome back, Michelle. As I said a minute ago, it's so good to have you back on the show. I love chatting to you. Let's see where we end up going today. Well, that's exactly it. I love our chats because we never really know where we're going to end up on this verbal road trip. We've got a vague idea of the path we're going to take. We've spoke about it off air. And um, today we're going to talk about our nervous system and the impact it has on Mm -hmm. how we're feeling emotionally. Because I have recently discovered a whole lot more new information about the nervous system. And Michelle's been speaking about the nervous system for a long, long time. So this is what we were thinking of sharing with you today. We're going to have a chat about how our sympathetic nervous system in particular impacts our daily lives. Yeah. And I think it's an important thing to touch on because especially as experts and those listening, nurses in the medical field, I mean, there can be such pressure and expectation to be on your A-game all the time and just keep going and that this stuff shouldn't impact you because you're a professional. But guess what? (laughs) You're still impacted because you're a human being first and foremost. And as Elena said, you know, she's diving deeper into it herself. And those of you that have listened to us long enough know that Elena and I have been friends for a long time. And so we even remind each other when we're personally going through stuff and it'll be like, oh, bless your little heart. You know, there's your nervous system again doing its thing. And remember that you're still okay. You're not broken. You're just having a human experience. We certainly do remind each other. And I'm so grateful to have you in my life to remind me when I am having those meltdown moments. There was one last week, actually, I've just realized that I'd taken on far too much. 
And yeah, my nervous system fully kicked in and I went into that fight or flight response. I know when mine's activated because I want to run and that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to run away from everything. But I didn't. And I'm still here. But I have made a few changes in my life to allow myself to regulate and to reduce the stress levels that I was carrying last week. So I think it's important that we recognize what our kind of default fight or flight freeze reaction is, because I now know mine is wanting to run. So when I start having that inclination and those feelings that I want to just run away from everything I'm like whoa what's actually really going on here I know it's that my stress has hit a level that my nervous system just doesn't like anymore how do you Mm. feel about that I think that's actually powerful because everybody's got their own defaults right like you feel like you want to run so you go into flight you know and I've got other people in my life, their default is a little bit more on the fight side of things. Like they want to have confrontation. They want to, you know, have more of that fight, that anger comes up. And if you know what's going on within yourself, you can note these warning signals. So for me, I know when mine's activated, I tend to hit that overwhelm feeling like everything feels really chaotic. There's too much. I can't cope. It's just, it's all wound up. And I know that that's just my nervous system going, whoa, you've taken on way too much and you need to chill out and you need to come back and co-regulate and bring it back down. And it's like, okay, maybe you need to take a breath. But we all have our own little ways that our body tells us what's happening and where we're at and how we're managing or not managing. And the nervous system is the master system. I mean, it's classified as that for a reason. It runs the show. So if you can maybe even check in with yourself and go, hang on, when I'm starting to feel wound up in that fight, fight, freeze, things are becoming too much, then you can check in with how you you react, how your nervous system is communicating with you personally. And then like Elena shared, what can you do to change it? Like she was saying how there was way too much on her plate and no one listening is superhuman out there. Like we can't take on more than what we're capable of doing. So what gets to be restructured or looked at or assessed that can maybe change how you're feeling because I think that trigger happens in our body for a reason. It definitely does and I felt it go off last week and I'll share something with you all which will make you laugh but it also will make you realize that I'm as human as the rest of you. My psychologist told me that I needed to practice better self-care and stop trying to be superwoman so... (laughs) Yeah, Isn't that ironic. <laughs> Isn't it just? Yeah, it was a very sobering moment. But yeah. I had I'd taken on far too much. And I decided this semester I would do three units at uni. Well, that's more or less full time as well as have the podcast, do happy nurse, ask the business. I also still work 20 hours a fortnight at the hospital and I pick up extra shifts there. 
you know, I'm also got a mom, I've got two boys who need my love and attention. And I was just like, I'm crumbling. It was assignment time. I had three assignments due all within a few days of each other. And yeah, it got messy. But I've now put things in place. I've actually withdrawn from one of my uni units because I've realized that if I want to do well, I need to minimize my load so that I can concentrate on the ones that I'm doing as well mm. as everything else in my life. And it feels really good. I feel like I can breathe again because last week, I think I said to a few people, I feel like I'm drowning right now. I really did feel like it was all just getting far too much. So, yeah, I mean, I'm human. And that's exactly it, you know, and that drowning sensation, you know, that can also be something that others can connect to because maybe they feel like that when it gets way too overwhelming and too too chaotic. But nobody is exempt from any of this stuff and that's exactly what I mean. Like you're an expert in this field and I'm an expert in this field and I was only saying to you recently, I've got all these changes happening in business and in my personal life and it's all great but because so much is changing so quickly, even though it's all positive, I felt my whole nervous system going and I was really wound up and like to the point where I was almost emotional over it. I'm like, whoa, all right, cool. I'm getting all of these messages and all of this stuff to check in with myself. And it's a perfect opportunity to seek support from those in your life that love and care for you. And as we've alluded, like we're blessed that we've got each other in our inner circle. And so I was chatting to Elena going, all this stuff is happening and this is how I feel and holy moly. And she's like, oh, bless your heart. Like there's just a lot changing and your nervous system's trying to catch up. And I think that's really powerful with having go-to people that not are only there to support you and love you and care for you in a non-judgmental way. And that's something that is cherished in our relationship by myself, knowing that there's nothing that Elena and I can share with each other that has any judgment. It's just, this is where we're at right now in our human journey of life. (laughs) But we can be that beautiful reminder of Hey, Han, I think your nervous system's kicking in here. I think that the space that you're in right now is fully in that fight, flight, freeze. And, you know, we give each other that grounded space of that co-regulation so that the other person can just deregulate, bring it back down and go, oh, that's so true. I can see what's happening for myself. And I am so grateful that I have you for the same thing, Michelle. It's really interesting how our brains don't like change. Well, our whole nervous system doesn't, but it starts on the brain. You know, we are creatures of habit and we've obviously evolved over thousands and thousands of years, but we've still got some very, very basic evolutionary stuff going on. And like that, being on high alert all the time, not always looking for threats or for dangers. That is still in us. And that can be whether they're physical, whether they're emotional, whether they're cognitive. 
you know, our brain can't tell the difference between what is real and what is not. You know, it believes everything that you're thinking and telling it internally as well. That's why I get so passionate about trying to regulate our inner voice, because our brains do not know reality and false falsity or falsehood, whatever the word is. You know, it's really, really important to be, I'm going to say, mindful of what we're thinking, because we can actually impact our nervous system massively just by the thoughts we're having. Absolutely. And you've you've hit the nail on the head there too, because the saying goes, your body believes what your mind perceives. And because of course succinct in what I said. (laughs) Thanks, Michelle. You're welcome, babe. I've got your back. (laughs) But it is true because our mind doesn't like open-ended stories. It likes to try and close loops and When we're living out our life, things are open-ended. It might be in your business. It might be in your relationship. It might be in your workspace, whatever it is that's going on. So your mind tries to jump ahead and create scenarios and create stories and narratives, but you're not there yet. And it can be both good and bad. And that's that was something about what I was sharing too because – Our nervous system can be activated in change when it's good as well because you've never been here before. You don't know what it's going to be like. It might be something that you really want, but you don't know how it's going to play out. And so that can still activate everything as well because change is just change and you don't know how it's going to turn out. And especially for all you guys listening, in that nursing space, in that medical space, not a lot of people get out of that fight and flight zone. In fact, you can learn to live there for prolonged periods of time because you're constantly under stress. And so it's like a fluctuation between fight, flight and freeze rather than being able to come down and really ground and deactivate the whole thing and come into that beautiful homeostasis and and I felt that was just important to remind everyone too. Most definitely and thanks for that reminder. Our body doesn't know the difference between excitement and stress. It responds the same way physiologically. It's the emotions that make the difference. Exactly what you attach and the label to like you know are you nervous or are you excited or are you nervous (laughs) excited? Yeah exactly. (laughs) What's going on here? (laughs) Where are we on the pendulum swing today? What's happening? Mm -hmm. But can you give yourself permission just to be human, not the expert with qualifications that should be able to handle X, Y, Z? Guess what? We're all flesh and bone. We all have a nervous system. We all experience it. There is nothing wrong with you. You're just human. Exactly. And you're having a basic physiological response to a situation that you find yourself in. It's all physiology. This is not woo-woo or crazy stuff. This is basic anatomy and physiology. It's how our human bodies respond to stress and or excitement. Yes. And maybe some of Elena and my stories could even 
help you guys check in with yourself to what do you do when your nervous system is activated? Who can you turn to as well? Who's honestly got your back in a non-judgmental loving space that can help you come back to yourself? And what messages does your personal body and mind give you? Because just like Elena's was totally different to mine, yours will be totally different too. And so what feedback are you getting from your body so that it can be like a marker to go, oof, I need to talk to someone who can help me come back to myself. I need to do some breath work. I need to do some self-care. I need to do X, Y, Z to recenter because just having a human experience right now and it's all going to be okay. Exactly. And it is important knowing who your people are and who you can turn to in these moments. It's not going to judge you. You know, like I've treasure our friendship, Michelle, because I know I can pick up the phone and call you any time of the day and you'll help me regulate myself again. Absolutely. Like Michelle said, you know, having strategies, tools, knowing what your default is, just really getting to know yourself is so important in this process. The most important relationship we can have in our lives is the one that we have with ourselves and understanding our triggers and how we work and what our defaults are. And it's taken me, well, I'm 42 next month. You know, it took me about 35, 36 years to actually realize this and to understand who I am and what makes me tick and what activates me and what soothes me. And I think once we know those things, we can really pursue that path of being the best versions of ourselves because we know when we're hitting that overwhelm, that fight or flight, that sympathetic nervous system is being activated. That's what I'm trying to say. But I actually think it's a beautiful opportunity to learn and deepen that relationship within yourself. You know, just how Elena and I had completely different reactions. It's still the nervous system, but it's us going, oh, okay, stuff's going on. And, and then you can also not only deepen the relationship with yourself, but you can deepen your relationship with those in your inner circle. Because like Elena said, with our friendship, there's no judgment there. We have called each other in tears, completely beside ourselves, there's never any judgment from one another. It's just, okay, honey, what's happening now? And just love and support because we've all hit those moments. I don't care who you are. Everybody has emotional moments. Everybody has shit that happens in their life that is hard, tricky, whether it's personally, professionally, or both of it. You're human. And so, Do you give yourself that compassion and that non-judgment and do you have safe people and places to go to help you come back down, to help you navigate this human experience, that help you calm your nervous system down and you go, oh, okay, now I can see what's happening and why I've reacted the way that I have. 
And like Elena said, then you can put strategies in place to help yourself forward again. The strategies are very important, I think. Knowing just you don't have to have many, just one or two. I got taught one last week, actually, by my psychologist. She said to me, because it was a telehealth consult, she said, what are you going to do after you get off this call? And I said, I'm going to the beach for a walk. She went, that's perfect. She said, she explained to me, and it makes so much sense. You know, when we're at the beach and we're looking out to the horizon, it regulates our nervous system because we're always on that constant lookout for danger. When we can see a clear space in front of us for a long, long distance, our whole nervous system relaxes because there is no potential danger in front of us. And it makes so much sense, but I'd never thought of it that way before. That's really cool. And and it's really true too, because it doesn't matter how technology keeps advancing or how expertise keep advancing it those simple fundamental humanistic aspects are still there and so yeah that's a really cool one I'd actually never heard that one before myself I thought it was awesome and then I'm sitting there on the beach and I was like this makes so much sense you know like obviously I can see for goodness knows how far you know I could see out to the horizon there was no potential threat that's maybe one of the reasons why the beach is a lot of people's go-to place for relaxation I know it calms me massively Mm. and I think nature in general is very calming because it's regrounding and connects us back to ourselves. but as you're talking I'm almost wondering because you know I do a lot of hiking I'm wondering if being out in nature, like when I'm in the bush and it's just trees beyond trees beyond trees, I wonder if that offers like a similar aspect too when you can just see the road ahead, you know where you're going, you can see what's coming and there's more trees beyond the trees, you know, maybe some of those simplistic, well, seemingly simplistic things are part of of helping us, yeah, recenter. It's very cool, isn't it? It's very cool. Mm-hmm. So I like simple, it. So simple, but very cool. You and then we've anywhere. Got, yeah, exactly. Where there's a big open space, you know? It's just letting your body know that there is no instant threat. The only threat is the thoughts you're having in your head. And the thoughts can be changed because they're just thoughts. Yeah. You could bring like some it. breath work in while you're looking out to the horizon. Yes, exactly. Bring some breath work back and uh, and do something that centers you. So for those of you that have listened to me before and, and follow me online, you'll know that I share so much with the horses because that's truly my happy place. Like I explain horse riding as like a meditation because I'm never anywhere else other than with the horse. And I think that's a powerful thing when you're fully present in the moment doing something that just purely makes your heart happy. I think that's hugely recentering. And if that's as simple as taking your dog for a walk or whatever it is, what is it that just gives you that pure heartfelt joy that helps you 
recenter and reground. That's the beauty of presence. And that's, you know, I teach meditation and I kind of teach it unconventionally. It's not all sitting in the lotus position, chanting on, you know, you can meditate while you're like Michelle said, you know, riding your horse, walking your dog. You do it while you're out running a 5K run. It's all about being completely present in the moment and aware of what you're seeing, what you're smelling, what you're feeling. You know, it's about being completely immersed. I think a lot of people describe it as being in a flow state as well. When you're not distracted, you're just completely focused on the here and now. You can even do it washing the dishes, you know. It's just about being fully present in the moment and not letting your brain run off into the past or the future, worrying or catastrophizing and not thinking about your to-do list and the length of it. Just come back to your centre, come back to here and now and breathe. You know, breath work is so powerful and it's also a very important part of a meditation practice because it's always with us. It's something that's never, ever going to leave us while we're still living. We can always, always come back to our breath and center ourselves with our breath. Yeah. And breath work is so powerful on so many levels. And I think the really cool thing nowadays is that the science has caught up with, you know, what breath work has been teaching for decades, really. And there's so many different types of breath work. And it's not that there's a right or wrong, but there's a huge spectrum. And there's something that's exceptionally powerful about breath work too, not just in the the science and the anatomy and the nervous system, but also in the spirituality of the human experience too. Because if you look at all different types of spiritual practices around the world, they all have an element of breath work to it. Because the saying goes, it's breath that anchors the soul into the body. Even chanting's breath work. Singing's breath work. Singing's breath work, yeah. Yeah. We um, we could go on. (laughs) But we won't won't create a list. You can think of your own. You're probably having thoughts at the moment thinking, so is X, Y, and Z. But your breath is so powerful. So, mm-hmm. so powerful. And when you think about, if we go back to that physiology of that fight and flight reaction, what happens? Our heart races, our breathing becomes shallow. That's another re- mm-hmm. way we can detect that we are hitting that fight or flight response because we start breathing very shallowly. And some people walk around all the time breathing like that, not realizing that they're not taking a great big breath. So intentionally really filling your lungs, that alone is sending messages back up to your brain to say, there's no danger here, I'm okay, because you're not doing that shallow breathing that you would be if you were under danger. Exactly. And that's a a beautiful reminder. And maybe I'll give everyone a few little breathing exercises that you can practice because it's, 
you know, one thing to say, oh, breathwork's super powerful, but it's like, okay, cool, where do I start? And one of the ones that I love to share before we go into any particular techniques is just the therapeutic zone of breathing. And the therapeutic zone of breathing is really good because, number one, it's simple, but it's really effective for the nervous system, and that's what we've been banging on about all this time. And with the therapeutic zone of breathing, as little as three minutes now has the scientific data behind it to show that it will reduce your cortisol in your body by a minimum of 25% in three minutes. That's huge. That's massive. Yeah. So literally just breathing in the therapeutic zone with as little as three minutes can do a nice reduction in how wound up you're feeling. And the therapeutic zone is super, super easy. You inhale for the count of five and exhale for the count of five. That's literally it. So you don't need to be like overly complicated breathing patterns. Inhale for five, exhale for five. So slow it down. Slow it right down. Should that be through your nose or your mouth? So the thing is, and this is where a lot of breath work can get a little bit complex and convoluted, I teach everything through the nose because that's how we're designed to breathe. When we start breathing through the mouth, that's a stress response. And so that activates all sorts of stuff that we don't want to. And there's a lot of breathwork data showing how even through exercise, we should be breathing through our nose, but we'll stay away from that for today. But for the purpose of this exercise, Make sure that you are breathing through your nose unless you're unwell and there is something that is preventing you from breathing through your nose, in which case do what you can. But the best way to do it is inhale and exhale through your nose, inhaling for the count of five, exhaling for the count of five. Do that for three minutes and see how you feel. I guarantee that that will help wherever you are. I know when you first taught me this ages ago now, it all made so much sense and I definitely felt a massive difference afterwards. But I'm a mouth breather and it's something that I've got used to now, but I really found it a bit of a challenge to start with to breathe in and out through my nose. It was the out that I was struggling with. I could breathe in through my nose, but I really struggled to breathe out. But I've got, like, I just persevered and I've got used and to it. Got, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You do get used to it because we're designed to breathe that way. But when you've been in those stress responses for such a prolonged period of time and have become a mouth breather, which is a stress response. Yes, there's other medical stuff that can be going on around that as well, but For this podcast episode, guys, stick with me. (laughs) We're designed to breathe through our nose. That's why it's on our face. And we can retrain that back in. And I know for myself too, with some of the life experiences that I've had, 
you inadvertently become more of a mouth breather and then that feels normal and natural when it's not. It's beyond natural. And even nowadays when I'm going through my own life and maybe my stress stuff comes up, I will catch myself doing a mouth breath and I'm like, whoa, all right. That is my body now telling me my nervous system's activated and I need to recenter because your breath tells your body what's going on. So before I check in with anything else, if my if I notice that my breath is out, I'm like, okay, that's my nervous system talking to me, telling me shit's going on and we need to recenter. And so five and five is a super easy one to check in because it's in that ther- therapeutic zone. But if you're feeling particularly wound up, especially if you're feeling anxious, I know that this one's like your favorite breath work that I've taught you over the years and I'm, I'll share it now because you mentioned it before. It's in my head. We are talking about this one before we started recording and Elena's like, it's my favorite. And I'm like, all right, well, it's in my brain, so I'm going to share it with you guys too. Get ready. This one's awesome. <laughs> with that sort of lead in, gosh. So it works so well. I just, I love it. Yeah. It's a powerful tool. And this is the thing. Breathwork becomes like tools in your tool belt that you go, right, shit's going down. I know how to help myself. And it doesn't have to be a super prolonged period of time that you are trying to recenter and help yourself because let's face it, we all live busy lives and we don't always have oodles of time to pack into the day to self-care, but breath work can be factored in. So I find this one particularly helpful if you are really stressed, wound up, feeling panicky or anxious. So the way that you do this breath, once again, all through your nose, if possible, you're going to inhale for the count of four. Then you'll hold your breath at the top for the count of six and then exhale for the count of eight. So funnily enough, I've called this breath the four, six, eight breath. <laughs> I know I'm original, right? <laughs> so what it is. Exactly. It's it's called what it is. <laughs> yeah. Inhale for the count of four. Hold your breath at the top of the breath for the count of six and exhale for the count of eight. There's a cool piece of this where you're actually doing two things at once. So it allows your brain to stop bouncing because you've got to focus on your breath and you've got to count because it's not an even count. You've got to keep changing where you're at. So you need to keep track of where you're at throughout the breath. So you've actually got to focus and be present. You've got to focus on the inhalation, focus on the hold, focus on the release in the exhalation and keep cycling that through. What you'll find after a couple minutes is you'll either get a mental or a physical response with a deactivation. Normally, most people report to me about how much better they just feel. 
But what about you, Elena? What happens to you? What makes this one your favorite? I just feel so good afterwards. And I know, like, I usually wait until I'm really stressed to do and think, I'm going to go do that breath work that Michelle taught me. And it does. It just, it helps me regulate myself massively. You know, probably reduces my stress response that's activated beforehand by about 50 to 75%. You know, it's huge. It's so powerful. And it does. It just, it gets you back into the present and out of that overwhelmed kind of fight, flight, freeze response refocuses your mind. You stop going down all these rabbit holes of I need to do this, I need to do that, or catastrophizing or whatever it is that you've been doing pre to get yourself in that state. It just really recenters and refocuses you. And yeah, I almost feel like I've got more energy after as well. Yeah, I really like that. Another cool thing that I really like about the four, six, eight breath and the five and five as well, nobody knows that you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I've got a lot of clients that, you know, they're they're either nurses or they're surgeons or they're paramedics or they are, you know, business people with, you know, a lot of pressures and expectations. Maybe they run their own company. Like they've got a lot going on. And no one knows that that's how you're breathing, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just a simple thing that you can do anywhere at any time to help yourself. And I think as nurses, it's important to have tools like this in our tool belt that we can use right there in the moment at work. You know, we can find a quiet corner even if it's in a cupboard, you know, because we've all got them, you know, store cupboards and that at work, just for a couple of minutes and breathe and recenter ourselves when things are all starting to get a bit crazy in our head. Yeah. And that's one of the fastest ways to help support your nervous system outside of all of the mindfulness, outside of all of the self-awareness outside of those safe people and places that can be there that we all need the support and guidance but it's your tool back within yourself it's something you can use in that moment to get you through that moment and into the next one i love it it's always there you can do it anytime anywhere well On that note, I am going to wrap things up. It's always awesome to have you on the show, Michelle. Thank you so much for coming on today and unpacking the nervous system with us and sharing some amazing strategies. Where can people find you if they want to look you up? So I'm in all of the usual places, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, all under the same handle, The Michelle Powell. Or you can head to my website, themichellepowell.com.au. Michelle also posts regularly in the Happy Nurse community as well. So those of you who are in there, you will see her awesome content in there. And you can click on some of the links in there and find your way to her stuff as well. So thank you again, Michelle. And I look forward to our next chat very soon. 
thank you for listening to the Happy Nurse Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the Happy Nurse community, head over to Facebook and check out the Happy Nurse AU Facebook page and request to join the Happy Nurse community. Also, check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon. And in the meantime, remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others.